same pod. And we're back. It's another episode of the 3 and one Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. Uh, yeah. Woo! What's happening? Wow, yeah, man. Who was that? Who was that theme music? And joining us from Cincinnati, he's got a smile on his face. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Everyone, listen. The Lord knows how to answer prayers. It may be delayed, but a delay is not a denial. It is good to be well, depending on who we hire. It is good to hear that Marvin Lewis is gone. Fellas, what's up? <laughs> uh, you can always you can always tell what kind of mood Keith is in by his intro, and he is in a great place. Well, I'm sick, and I still feel good. Anytime <laughs> we don't have Marvin Lewis anymore, it is a good thing. I think well, Keith was I with you when we no no Ian we were in a group text and Ian sent out the the group text. As soon as Ian <laughs> sent that text, I immediately went to Google, typed in Marvin Lewis, and I was like, aha, that's it. That what did I it. say? Did I said like Keith, are Mer- you shouting yet or something? No, you were like Merry Christmas again, Keith, or something like that. And I was <laughs> I instantly knew what to go to Google for. Oh shoot. That's good stuff. Right. Well, you guys, it's been a while and we've got a lot to talk about. We're gonna start off with the big game from last night. The Clemson <laughs> Tigers. Not just beating, but completely demolishing. Ugh. The Alabama Crimson Tide in the national championship game. Um, All right, guys, let's just get right to it. First reactions after watching this game. Praise the Lord. That is the first thing. Everyone (laughs) ought to lift their hands and glorify God for that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Oh, man. Um, No, but man, what a great, gosh, what a dominating performance. Um, First of all, let me shout out Brent Venables for being such a mastermind at his job. Uh, Yes. Okay. All right, Malcolm. (laughs) You just had to throw that out there. That's fine. Um, But no, man, the the job he did scheming for Tua, um, we see mistakes by Tua that we haven't really seen that much this year because that defense was after him all game long, Um, you know, mixing up their coverages and all and Trevor Lawrence, that kid is a freshman, but he balled. Um, I just could not be happier for Clemson. Honestly, you know, Dabo Sweeney is one heck of a coach and one heck of a man, you know, um, clearly proclaiming the Lord to be his savior and being a man of faith, which is also very encouraging. Um, but to see that team, the way they rallied around each other and they, they just took it to Alabama and it was, it was a great thing to see. So, yeah, um, now I picked Bama to win this game, but it was not a pick of the heart. It was, uh, it was like pick, picking Darth Vader to, you know, to beat certain uh, certain Jedi contingencies. You want the good guy to win, you really do. And everything about Clemson just feels good. This, I mean, from Trevor, who is now undisputedly Sunshine Lawrence. Sunshine, uh, he's definitely Sunshine. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey man, that, that that boy didn't come out and and do decent. Like he came out and balled on yep. Alabama. Yeah. And uh and I I didn't I I really didn't see that coming. Um 
and uh, yeah, for, I mean, Davos Sweeney, you know, like Keith talked about, um, the way that man drips enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and it's it's all it's interesting how like kind of um, um, diametrically opposed he is to Nick same Nick Saban. Uh, Saban's just, I mean, you know, I mean, he's he's I don't know, he's excitable, not like Bill Belichick, but uh, you don't get that from him. You don't get, you know, kind of the the joy, the type of stuff that makes you want to start playing football. Um, like little kids are watching Dabo Sweeney and uh, they, they want to go to Clemson um, because, you know, because he cares and, and he just loves the game to that level. Um, and, yeah, you know, you could say just, it's just excitement from winning, but it's been pretty consistent with that with that guy. I really love the, the culture that, you know, they've built there at Clemson. But, man, just to watch this and watch it unfold, it was not exciting. Can we just say that? Yes, it was. Like it, 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 no, no, no. I mean, in terms of, you know, Malcolm called this a big game. It was big in terms of hype. But yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't big in terms of delivery because, you know, after the first quarter, it was all Clemson. It was all Clemson, and there was no doubt that it was Clemson. Uh, Alabama maybe had a couple moments where they were knocking, but uh, th- that door did not crack open by very much. Um, and so, this was, yeah, this was great. To kind of see it, you you I don't know you you're watching Nick Saban. He's a great coach. You kind of want to see the greats do great, but man, this was just too sweet to say anything. But hooray, three cheers, and um, yeah, you know, shouts out to Clemson. And, you know, and I'm just Shit. glad. I'm just really glad, Ian, that they kept their foot on the gas because playing Alabama yep. is almost like playing the Warriors, right? You yep. you almost never feel comfortable having enough of a lead, like. I remember a few years ago when Ohio State played Alabama, they went up like a score or two. I was still just like, nope, this is not enough. This is still not enough. Like um, they kept their foot on the gas. Like they were like, we are are going to put our foot down your throat. Um, And I just loved every bit of it. They they had no fear that game. It was incredible to watch. They demoralized Alabama. Yeah. I mean, after the third quarter, it was it was decided, and even even while you still had that that feeling that you just alluded to, uh, Keith, in the back of your mind, um, just everything about the game in in all phases to that point, you knew it was it was decided, and you could see <laughs> it on on the minds of Alabama guys, and that that's something we hadn't seen from them all season. So that's what happens when you get two undefeateds together, though. It, 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 it you know you got it as advertised a dominating performance from one of them. Yeah, I mean, it was from the jump. Um, I I was maybe a couple minutes later than I wanted to be. And as soon as I turn on the game, I see A.J. Terrell running back the interception. I'm like, what in the right. world just happened? Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, and, they, and they really set the tone early. They really knew what Bama wanted to do. Um, they weren't able to get their, their playmakers um, the ball as much as they would like. And then Tua just had two uncharacteristic turnovers. You just don't see that from Tua. Um, and then you gotta you gotta take your hat off to Brett Medibles and that defense. What they did, just completely um, shutting down Bama. Um, and then that terrible, terrible fake field goal. Oh my goodness! Um, it was bizarre because they they showed, you know, they had the wide <laughs> shot behind the formation, and you could see that Clemson was sitting in prevent in a fake field goal, yep. like they were in position, like they yep. knew it was coming, and they still tried to do it. Um, so it was just bizarre. <laughs> it was just bizarre, some of the stuff that was happening. Um, but you got to take your hats off to them. I picked Clemson in this game, and, and the big reason why was because Trevor Lawrence was playing really well. Um, for a freshman, he, he just has everything that you want. He has enough mobility to make plays. 
uh, but he's willing to stay in the pocket. And that's the big thing I was impressed with. Um, there were some throws that he made that he was getting out just in the nick of time, yep. um, saving that that last couple extra seconds for his receiver to get open and, and taking the hit. And uh, you got to be impressed when you have a young quarterback going against a defense and a defensive line as talented as Alabama, yeah. especially guys like Quentin Williams who are going to be playing on Sundays. Um, he he took those hits and made those plays, and it did not affect him at all. Yeah, yep. and I, he was literally running the ball like right into hits. Like he was not avoiding yeah. hits. Like he was like, okay, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it to you as best as I've got. Um, you know, and that just it reminded me of like when Cardell Jones was playing Alabama, and he was just running into hits. Like some of us were like, please slide, please do something, do not get hurt. I don't even know if we have a fourth <laughs> string quarterback. Like, don't get hurt. And he was going into hits. Like, I'm not afraid of these guys. And um, man, that was exciting to see. Man, Trevor Lawrence, he is going to be a stud if he stays healthy. Yeah, he already is a stud. Don't let me disrespect his name. You know, let me put some respect on his name. He already is a stud. But what he will be able to do in the next few years will just be scary for all of college football. And I think that's the thing. Nobody can take it, take it away from, you know, them or in particular Lawrence and just say, like, you know, he stumbled into a good performance. I mean, it's undefeated season. Mm -hmm. Like these cats are 19. Him and Justin Ross, like they just turned 19. So that's that just makes it even scarier to think about. Like, <clears throat> what was I doing at nineteen? I I definitely was not sticking it to Bama and winning the national championship. But it just you know you think about that program moving forward, um, and and what it is that they could build off of this. We could be looking at a new dynasty, y'all. Um, as this has as Clemson has you know they have become a perennial player. <laughs> And so, man, just amazing stuff. Um, you you know, you can't take anything away from Alabama. Great mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, it was a very, you know, great matchup against Oklahoma. They played really great uh, to get to this point. It's just you you kind of wonder what happened. Yeah. Like what, what went wrong. It's not that they have. I'm sorry. Clemson didn't throw schemes at them that nobody else had. Um, Alabama's played some some pretty intricate defenses before now. And Clemson's calling card had not been defense. I mean, let's just be straight. Like it, it's been a decent defensive year, but I, I don't think they've. I don't even think they've been ranked. Uh, I was looking at it, um, top five, or it may have even been top ten in terms of defensive efficiency. I have to look it up again. But um, yeah, so I don't know. You, the question kind of on my mind is: I want to know what y'all think. Like, what happened to Alabama? Well, Nick Saban at the half when they interviewed him going into halftime, he did say they did some things that they had not seen before um, yep. and that they hadn't seen on tape at all. Yep. Um, now, he didn't really go into detail of what that was, but that was one of the things that he talked about when he was talking about halftime adjustments is that I'm curious. Know, yeah. the, their turnovers, and he, he immediately came out and said, they're doing some things that we just haven't seen on tape at all, um, which is a good, it's a good, it's great coaching because a lot of times in these games, you know what your opponent is going to do. Yeah. Um, and it's just about whether you could stop it. And a lot of times in these national championship games, they're not all that exciting in the beginning because the teams pretty much know each exactly other really well. What? Okay, well, to our listeners, just discard everything I just said then. Uh, <laughs> clearly, Clemson was throwing things at Alabama they had never seen before. Right. Shout right. out to Clemson. Well, yeah, no, and, and even like the broadcast with Kirk Herbstreit, I think he did a very good job of – showing yeah breaking down what Clemson was doing in the sense of the way they were scheming the way that they were hiding coverages and blitzes yeah um it just threw two off and um it's tough to do that with Alabama being so efficient um 
But um, that's what happens when you have a defensive coordinator like Venables, who, you know, really should be a, a head coach somewhere. But he's he's a winner and he's not going anywhere unless he's going believing he's going to win. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just amazing to watch, honestly. Um, and, and I also think that that this kind of shows that I think Alabama needs to play one or two tougher non-conference games instead of them cupcake, you know, games that they play going into SEC play. Um, now, of course, you have your Georgias and some of them and some of them teams in the SEC that are very good. Um, but after Bama beats, you know, Georgia, um, and you look at some of their other games like you know, Clemson had dogfights a lot of the season. So um, maybe they were a little bit more battle tested. Just saying. Well, I want to give a shout out to the two backup quarterbacks for these teams. Uh, Jalen Hurts, this team, this Alabama team wouldn't even be in this position if he hadn't played the way he played in the SEC championship Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Um, and then Ch- Chase Bryce for Clemson, um, <laughs> they were down in that Syracuse game. Um, yep. And it looked like, you know, it was right after Kelly Bryant had transferred. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, and then it looked like the season was about to unravel really quickly. Yep. Um, but he was able to give that team just enough um, that they were able to pull out that win against Syracuse. And obviously it led to this magical run that they went on, becoming the first team to finish 15-0. and So shout out to those two backup quarterbacks, yep. Jalen Hurts, Chase Bryce. Um, they were obviously a big part of what those teams did to get to this point. Yep. Every, every guy matters. Every guy matters. Speaking of the future... Let's go ahead and talk about contenders for next year. Um, you know, we have these two teams that most people believe will be two of the best teams in the country. But who are some of the other teams you guys are looking at as contenders um, in in college football next year? I think it's uh, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, the AP polls have what, Bama at two, Ohio State at three. Um I'm curious about that Ohio State. Apparently, the AP has a lot of confidence in uh, in Mr. Day. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, just seeing how that develops, I'll, I'll, of course, be keeping my eye on that as I am a fan. Um, I want to see if LSU can build on what they yep. on what they on what they started um, started doing a little bit this year. Um, it's, a it's, lot on defense, and that and that's some of the thing. I mean, you know, now they came in, you know, rank six, but I was looking at some of the names. I'm just like, these are some of the playmakers that you know that really kind of stuck out this <laughs> year. But um, you know, if, if they have recruited adequately and if their success, you know, this year and and uh, well, at least early in the year, because they kind of fell out, at the, they they fell off a little bit at the end of the year there. Um, but you know, if, if they've built enough traction to really recruit and sustain uh, a rise, cause, um, I think LSU is just one of those programs where, uh, they just, they draw, they draw interest. They're going to get viewers, you know, um, um, if LSU is good, it's good for college football. So mm. uh, I want to see that another slight shout out. You know what? I feel like somebody's going to say it, so I'll hold it. But yeah, those, those are, those are the two for now. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> Keith, who are you looking at? Um, outside of the two that we just saw last night, um, or I should say Monday night, um, and Ohio State, I'm I'm looking at two schools. Number one, Texas, Texas, we, is, Texas back, is back. There it is, baby. There it Texas is, is back. I knew back. somebody. I knew somebody had it, man. <laughs> uh, but Ellinger coming back. Um, I think they'll have. You know, they really dominated Georgia. Um, in that bowl game. Now, of course, there was a lot of guys who did not play in that game. However, um, I think that was just a preview um, of what Mr. Herman can bring to Texas. Hopefully that 
I'm hoping in his case uh, that they will be just as dominant. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. But my number one team to look out for next year is Oregon. They just got mm. they got a top five recruiting class. They got the number one lineman in the country coming to their school. Uh, Justin Herbert's coming back. Um, will this finally be – will 2019 finally be a year that we see the Pac-12 back in the playoff potentially? And I think if it were any team, it would be this Oregon team because they'll have plenty of experience. Um, can't wait to see what Mario Cristobal is going to be able to do with that squad. So those are, those are a few teams I'm looking at to be contenders outside of that Clemson team that's going to be so scary with Trevor Lawrence, ETN, um, mm. Uh, what's his name? Justin Ross. Ross. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, that that whole offense yeah, is going to be stacked. Man. If they can have if Venables can put another defense together, they're going to be very tough to beat. Yeah. Big loss is uh, Hunter Refro, who's been there for, I think, 15 years. He's right. been at least at least at Clemson. Um, so he'll have to he's retiring, going to his old age home after the season's over. Um Texas is an interesting look. They have a, a, a tough non-conference game against LSU, which we'll really get to see a good early look at how good they are. <laughs> um, a team that I'm looking at, we talked about earlier this year, was Texas A&M. Um, Kellen Mond really developed a lot under this first year with Jimbo Fisher. Um, and I look for him to take another big step forward. Um, and his top five receivers are all back this, uh, next year. Um, so I'm really, I really want to see if this is a, a big year from them in their second year with Jimbo. Another team to look at is Florida. They yep. finished the year really strong. Um, Dan Mullen has got that offense looking better. Felipe Franks looks more comfortable. Um, and next year they return seven starters from that really good defense last year. Um, you know, they're losing Jordan Scarlett, but they have a pretty good recruiting class coming in. I'm really interested to see, um, how they can compete. Um, I do want to say, I know you guys are, are looking at Ohio State. You want to talk about non-conference schedules. They're playing FAU, Cincinnati, and Miami of Ohio next year. Yeah, <laughs> um, It's garbage, man. It is garbage. Terrible. <coughs> so if they lose to Purdue again this year, there's not a whole lot there to help supplement. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, or I, this or be, Iowa. Shoot. Yeah. Let's see, is that a road game? Is that an Iowa road game this year? No. Right, seriously. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then you know the the team we we didn't talk about this year, but they're bringing a lot of people back, including their quarterback, um, Notre Dame. Um, nope, don't want to talk about them. Nope. we didn't talk about them at all during this season. During the <laughs> during why. our preseason pickup, and then they went undefeated, made it to the playoff. Don't care. And what they do when they got to that playoff, Malcolm? Make sure you you uh, remind the fans what happened. I think did they lose? Oh, they didn't win the national championship. Did they lose? <laughs> I mean, I thought they got dismantled. Yeah, but they got dismantled by the best team in the country. Let's that, just be hey, that's clear. true. But still, that is, man, that is that is true. That, that is, is the true. only I mean, thing they have going for them. I don't know. At this point, Notre Dame is only good to watch who might be coming out and going to the league for me. And even then. It, it only matters if it's not a quarterback because all of their quarterbacks leave and, and just and just do awful things in the NFL. But I, I mean, they did. <laughs> I mean, they. You look. You look at their year. They they beat they beat a tough Michigan team. They, yeah, they but so beat, did Ohio State. Okay, next. Ohio, I mean, Ohio State's not garbage. They no, were number six. No, no. I think Ohio State would have played Clemson much better than Notre Dame did. Well, let uh, me tell you how. You, this is how you beat Clemson. 
Don't lose to Purdue by four touchdowns. <laughs> well, listen, so, that, and okay. that's the piece. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing. Again, I, I thought that they got it right. I'm just saying Notre Dame, at, for me at least, I don't want to see them in the playoff anymore until they can prove that they can – when they get there, they can show up. I'm, I'm going to give you guys, everybody in America, some advice. If you want to piss off it. Ohio State fans Stop who it. are complaining about not being in the playoff, just only respond to them with don't lose by four touchdowns to Purdue, and they lose it. Listen, Absolutely. I didn't complain about us not being in. I just said they would have gave a better game than Notre Dame did. That's all. That's it. It's possible. It definitely is well, possible. Four touchdowns to Purdue. That's Absolutely. It. Listen, in the year before, we can't lose to Iowa that, that bad either. Let's move on. Yeah. I want Michael to keep this energy forever, forever. When Have, when I, Ohio State, have I ever lost this energy? <laughs> y'all, he does I mean, when Ohio State's well, whipping on Michigan. Listen, when I was at Malcolm's house, Malcolm may have nothing to say. All mm, Mm, yeah, I was. Like, I'm not nah. a Michigan fan. I just want to see Ohio State lose. <laughs> well, you did that's that it. day, and that's fine. Um, even when they win championships, I, I feel like he's still. Oh yeah, it's all good. He can't it's even remember good. when Ohio State beat the crap out of Alabama not too long ago. In my defense, I didn't want either one of those teams to win. I hope they both lost. <laughs> Well, Listen, that was my hope. America, hate in your heart is bad for your blood pressure. So, <laughs> Boomer Sooner. Anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to a couple other minor college football headlines. Which one of these things are you guys most surprised by? Justin Fields transferring to OSU or mm. Dana Holgerson leaving West Virginia to take over the Houston football team? Uh, probably Holgerson, honestly. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised that Fields, you know, chose Ohio State. Now, I thought um, it would be interesting when Ohio, when Urban Meyer wouldn't be the coach. Um, it was interesting that he still, you know, decided to come in and play at Ohio State. Um, now, of course, if he gets the waiver, that's the big piece um, mm-hmm. to become to become eligible. You know, that'll be interesting. But this Daniel Holgerson move is is crazy. Now, I think this is another prime example of a coach leaving when he thinks this team is about to go to the ground. Will mm. Greer's gone, you know, all these type of things, just like Urban Meyer when he left Florida. Um, oh, my heart. Oh. I know, right? Seriously. Uh, I, I think this is one of those <laughs> prime cases. He knows West Virginia. He probably didn't get the recruiting class he thought he was going to get. He took. This is an opportunity for him to take a school like Houston who has some talent um maybe rise up that bring up that program and uh, make a lot of money doing it so it's surprising to me but it seems to be one of those moves where he's like oh let me get out of here while i can um and yeah so you know jimbo fisher uh, a few others (laughs) that that we can name so i mean um five years 20 mil ain't surprising so look i take that that's I would all. definitely move from West Virginia to Houston for that. Right. That's the other thing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing at one point. I was like, well, I was like the, the sheer geographics of it seemed to uh, <laughs> seem to match my calculations. Yeah, but we're talking about football programs, guys, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a surprise. <laughs> I, the headline completely threw me. I I it wasn't even being talked about. Then all of a sudden he was the coach right. at Houston. Um, but the thing that's not surprising is that he was an OC at Houston um, when Kevin Selman was the head coach there um, and had some pretty good success there. Um, I believe he – I don't want to guess. I'm not going to guess. But he um, does have a lot of history developing quarterbacks at Houston. Um, so this is a little bit of a homecoming for him. Right, right, um, right. 
and you know West Virginia is kind of in a tough spot. They're they're in the Big Twelve, but they're not really a Big Twelve school. Um, you know, and and they they were fortunate getting a transfer quarterback like Will Greer to come in and kind of bolster that team that that doesn't necessarily have that solid recruiting base that a lot of other these a lot of these other schools do. Um, so maybe going to a place like Houston in a major city in a big time recruiting state yep. gives you a little bit more of an advantage, and in a lesser conference um, gives you a little bit of a little bit more time to develop and grow. Um, and then you know he and reports were that he was having some contract negotiations with WVU and they weren't really um, wanting to meet his demand. So you know that's a surprise. Uh, Patrick uh, Fields coming to Ohio State. Patrick? It's a surprise. Is it Patrick? Justin. 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 Sorry, oh, I don't my know why I said Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that kid. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets the waiver because I think if he gets the waiver, Tate Martell is going to transfer. Um, and that'll be an interesting dynamic breaking in Fields, who is good, who's much more of a runner than Haskins was, yep. much more in the mold of previous Urban Meyer quarterbacks. Um, and so, if, if that depth isn't there behind him, what does that mean for Ohio State? I mean, who are who are the other quarterbacks on the roster other than Martell? I honestly don't even know at this point. I have no idea either. They're not mentioned, so. <laughs> so it'll it'll be interesting to see if if he does get that waiver. Um, what does that mean for Martell? And then if he doesn't, um, you know, and Martell can take control of that job, um, you know, does that make Fields have to make a, a different decision if Martell gets the job and keeps it? Yeah, I mean, here's my thing, and just overall question, like, this OSU, you know, quarterback thing is is more significant to me. Um, Homerson, <laughs> I just, I looked at the same thing. I said, you know what, he was there 10 years ago, he was an OC, he was a quarterback coach, he went, you know, went other places, got better experience, and went back to somewhere that he knows. Um, you know, probably went home in a lot of aspects, but also, like you said, uh, somewhere where he knows the landscape. And if you do gray. If you do want to, you know, build something um, and build a reputation, because ultimately, who you know, who really gets noticed for the reputation is either you're at uh, one of the one of the power schools and you win championships, or you bring a program into prominence that had not previously been. And so, you know, I mean, West Virginia, I think, you know, they they have a reputation for uh, being solid in their own right. And so, you know, he wants to do some things in Houston. I, so, I mean, more power to him. The Fields thing is interesting to me. One, because he committed or or he, you know, <coughs> he made this move while Haskins was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't declare until the next day. So, I'm... Um, that they only, was talking to each other. Come and on, that's, what I'm, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, you have Collusion? to know something. <laughs> Somebody, uh, just a little bit of, a little bit of LeBron AD action. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, but so that, that bodes not so well for Tate Martell to me. Um, yeah. the fact that Fields would make that move, you know, and then of course the next day we get Haskins and everything like that. Like you said, he is more in the mode of a of an Urban Meyer quarterback. I wonder if that necessarily means that he's in the mode of a of a Ryan Day quarterback. Mm. Um and, and what it is that he's looking. And the other thing is Fields has out, you know, he's a highly tutored uh, baseball prospect. Mm. And so, you know, if things were to take a turn that he, you know, was not favorable, um, I don't think he was drafted, but I do remember uh Seeing quite a bit about him, um, you know, being 
uh, being in in play as far as a baseball yeah. uh, as a, as an MLB player. So <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be a lot. Um, I think that has to be the more interesting thing because it's Ohio State. Um, yes. It's really going to affect you know how things how things shape out in that in that conference. It's going to have a lot to do with that quarterback play, and so it'll be uh, keeping my eyes glued on that one though. But uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the good thing for Mr. Fields is that uh, K.J. Hill announced today that he's coming back for his senior season, which is huge. So K.J. Hill, um, you'll have um, Austin Mack coming back. He's going to need to be big this year. Benjamin Victor. Watch those drops, Austin. Right. And Chris Olave. So they'll have some he'll have some guys that he needs to make some uh, that he can make plays with. But my, my concern is him being too much of a runner. Um, mm-hmm. With Ryan Day, Haskins was so good because he can sling the ball everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So we need Fields to not just be so, you know, scramble heavy and be able to sit in that pocket and make a few throws for us because we'll have targets. We will have guys who can make some plays. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, we expect quarterbacks to transfer and be good wherever they go. But we do have a history of quarterbacks who have transferred and didn't go <laughs> so well. Um, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is Malik Zaire, who left Notre Dame, went to Florida and barely played the year that he um, transferred there. Um, so, you know, the hope is that he can come in and be an immediate impact. And, and, we, and we don't have a lot of tape on him at, in, at the college level. He only got a few snaps at Georgia. Um, so, you know, it's it's always a gamble when you bring in these guys that you haven't actually seen play a whole bunch. Um, you know, he may come in and be really good. He may come in and, and not be so good. So. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out and then how that affects uh, future transfers and, and the future direction of the program. Yeah, that's, that's why I'd be surprised if Martell transferred, um, if Fields well, gets, gets the waiver. Well, he came out and said uh, when when Field, when the rumors came out about Fields coming that he's not giving that, up that the job. he's not going nowhere, yeah. Right. Well, so, that, no, he didn't say he wasn't going nowhere. He said he wasn't giving up the job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe so, Burrow waited. Joe Burrow waited as late as possible to leave Ohio State when uh, yeah. when Dwayne Haskins won the job. So I think it could be a very similar situation to that this year. That's real, especially with him being as especially with Fields being as young as he is. I mean, Martell won't see the field again if uh, if Fields beats him out now. Yeah. So, well, let's go okay. ahead and skip to the NFL. Um, and we'll start off with the the most thrilling game of the weekend, the Eagles stealing a win in Chicago. Um, excuse me. This was just a crazy finish to this game. Um, late scoring drive by the Eagles. And then, obviously, the missed kick hurt around the world by Cody Parkey. Um, that was tipped. You know, and many people that was forget tipped. it. Yeah, people was keep tipped. forgetting that. Like, Parkey missed it. No, it was actually tipped. So, yeah. Um, and so... Well, let's let's do this. We didn't talk. We kind of roundaboutly talked about our national championship picks, but but uh, Keith, can you let us know how we did on our wild card playoff round game picks? You see what he did there, Ian. Weekend? You see what he did there, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, he, how conveniently he remembers today. Um, anyways, uh, no. Um, so first off, on the Philly game. Uh, two of us chose the Eagles, um, and those two were not me. So you guys know who <laughs> chose the Eagles. 
I literally, I really thought the Bears were gonna, uh, were gonna take that. So it is what it is. Only one of us uh, chose the Colts over the Texans, and that was Ian. Um, I really was gonna choose them too. I just couldn't trust them in in Houston. Oh well. Um, Malcolm, I believe you were the only one who took the Cowboys to beat the mm. Seahawks, and we all chose the Chargers over the Ravens. So that means uh, that Malcolm, you were two and two. Um, oh wait, wait. I mean, so, I'm sorry. Three and one. Thank uh, you. Excuse me. Yes. All right. Hey. hey, hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ian. Ian was uh, three and one as well. One, two, three. Yeah, three and one. So I was one and three. Sadly, all Sadly. the all the guys who I counted on did not did not come up for me at all. So it is what it is. So we'll we'll move through these games quickly so we can talk about games moving forward. Um, so what are you guys' takeaways from this Eagles win? You can trust St. Nick after Christmas. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, goodness, man. Like, do, do they even, you know, like Carson Wentz, maybe maybe he shouldn't Trade play him for today. the next. You're right. They may not even need to play him the next two years. Like, you know, he's still he's still he's still the future. Foles ain't got too much left. You know, why? Trade him back know. to the Browns. <laughs> uh, but gosh, man, like Nick Foles, man, just. For some reason, that Eagles offense, the way he spreads the ball around with Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz and um, even the running backs seem to get more involved with Darren Sproles and Smallwood and all uh, when Foles is at, at the helm. So shout outs to, to Foles, who comes up big in these playoff games and in the Super Bowl. Um, and Philly's defense made enough stops. Um, of course, Trubisky was the big question mark, and I think he played – well enough to get a win, especially that last drive, getting them down in field goal range. Um, but the Bears defense just didn't get the stops that we all thought. Well, at least let me yeah. say that I would have thought that they would have gotten. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to the Eagles, you know, headed uh, headed to another another week in the playoffs and they'll have a very tough matchup. I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is. A year away, um, I think. You know, I think we. I think we saw the youth of him. I think we saw him uh, doing what young quarterbacks do. I think when you get when you're faced with some of these big game situations, which is heavily rely on who you're who's supposed to be your number one receiver. Um, you know, Allen Robinson had a, a really good game and he struggled all year. I think the Bears were most effective when he was getting. A uh, high amount of volume out of out of uh, Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel, Correct. and I think you saw you know a little bit of a back seat being taken by uh, some of the other guys because they were trying to force feed Robinson. Um, you know, once once that you know kind of became what it was, and you know, give credit to to the Eagles, they weren't just sitting back letting anything happen. I think I did see them dedicating a good special amount of attention to Cohen, yeah, um, especially because you know that that's your, that's one of your game breakers, and so it makes sense. Um, but I did see a little bit of a of a heavy reliance on that, and so uh, it's interesting. Allen Robinson has great games, and I, I don't know if the, if it's the best thing for the Bears. Nick Foles, listen, listen. Credit where credit is due. He didn't lose the game for him, although he did throw two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on all of the, you know, he, you know, put promoting him above Carson Wentz talk. Trade him. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe for a second that uh, that that's the solution. But not even for um, a second, bro. But Trade you know, he, he got got the job done. It wasn't a highly efficient game, but I do believe that that <laughs> team that team believes that they can win with him at quarterback, <laughs> and that makes a difference. Um, I'm not saying they don't believe in Wentz. I'm not sure. Something seemed to drop off a little bit this year. But, yeah, Nick Foles definitely has commanded this offense. Um, defense played very well. And, hey, you get the Eagles moving on. So, Yeah, I'll keep my uh, tick short here. Um, you know, I, I believe that Nick Foles would do just enough for them to win. Mitch Trubisky didn't really have that great of a game. He did throw the one touchdown, but it wasn't very efficient. Um, you know, I agree with Ian. I think he's one, one um, year away and maybe one more playmaker um, at the wide receiver position away. Yeah. Um, but this team is, is pretty well um, set moving forward, especially if they're able to uh, work out a long-term deal with Khalil Mack. Um, this team could be really good down the road. But let's go ahead and move down to the Dallas Cowboys, taking down the Seahawks and moving on to the next round. How did Dallas do it? No run game, no victory. That's boom. It's been the whole thing for the Seahawks all year. So I thought uh I thought between Carson and Penny they get more. They did not and did not in a resounding way. <laughs> so um but Zeke ate and that that's your ball game. Yeah, um the Seahawks offensive line stinks. That's it, period. They can't yeah. they can't uh protect Wilson long enough for him to find some of his targets, which I do think the Seahawks need another possession receiver. I think Tyler Lockett's good, and Doug Baldwin is very good, um, but they're missing, I think, one more guy who can really make, you know, stretch the field, but they need to work on that offensive line, honestly. I think that's the big piece, um, and their run their run defense was pretty good the last few weeks, but they let Zeke, you know, have a field day on him, um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Dak was not overly impressive um and he never really is honestly he is just like Foles he does just enough to get the job done uses burn never I mean yeah he really doesn't but he used his feet a little bit more which I think will be important for him if Dallas is going to continue to win um he's got to make a few of those plays with his legs you know kind of similar to Deshaun Watson of which he wasn't able to do against the Colts so yeah um yeah, it was it, to me. It was all about them giving the ball to Zeke. Um, this this Cowboys team is best when they're feeding him. Um, defense did just enough. Um, you know, the Seahawks really got burned by how much they've had to really rely on Russell Wilson to carry this team. Um, and they went up against a good defense in the Cowboys, which is were really able to further make them one dimensional. Um, and any team that's one dimensional is, is a lot easier to beat. So um, we'll see if this is sustainable for the Cowboys moving forward. Uh, the other AFC game was a rematch between the Chargers and the Ravens that the Chargers did win. Um, I don't think any of us were were surprised by this, especially yep. this is their second look at Lamar Jackson. Uh, they mm-hmm. kind of knew how to play. But what did you guys take away from this game? I think it was something that we – and we talked about it in the, in the pod prior that um, – and I remember Malcolm saying it that the field he got from that from the previous matchup was that if the Raven if, if the Chargers got another crack at them, uh, that they would figure them out. I mean, Lamar Jackson is I'm sorry, there was a reason that a lot of people were looking at him to what be a wide out, kick returner, mm-hmm. different things like that. 
Uh, it's not that he cannot play the quarterback position. I think he's done enough to show that, uh, but he's also done enough or not done enough to show that he he's he's got to raise his level of play. Uh, to me, he's got to put on a couple more pounds um, and focus on you know just uh, uh, really being more efficient in the pocket. And so Chargers did you know what we thought they would do. They made adjustments. Um, didn't have a brilliant game by any stretch, but they limited what the Ravens wanted to do, especially in that run game. And so that was the story of the game there. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson did not look very good at all. Um, it was interesting. Toward the end of the game, he started making more throws as he stood in the pocket and had to pass the ball. Um, you know, now the Chargers defense was probably backing off a little bit, playing a little bit more prevent. Um, but Here's the thing. I think I think the Chargers are as scary of a team as anyone right now. Um, they are playing well offensively and defensively, um, and they were just too much for the Ravens at this point in time. And I don't think the Ravens win even with Joe Flacco either. Um, I just think the Chargers had too much. So, um, and that was honestly to be expected. Rather they played at Baltimore or um, in LA. So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Chargers can do uh, in this next game because uh, they're they're looking pretty complete right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm Keith. You're right, man. If they can hang 23 on the Ravens D on an off day for Melvin Gordon, yep, that's 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 scary. Yep. Yeah, I was actually really impressed with the Ravens defense holding them to just one touchdown. Um, I mean, they had one, two, three, four, five. They had five uh, field goals. Um, yeah. in this game. So the Ravens defense did all they could to keep them in that game, and, and Lamar came alive late. But, um, yeah, this Chargers team is 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 going to be really tough to beat in the playoffs. Um, but the future, I think, is also bright for the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, this is his first year as a starter in, in a pro system. Um, you know, I think we all, coming out of the draft, thought he had some potential. Um and I think, you know, with some more seasoning, putting some more playmakers in place and him learning how to be an NFL quarterback, I think the Ravens have got have a good building block at the quarterback position. If they can keep this defense strong and help him with a better running game, this Ravens team is, is in a good position to be contending for years to come. Yeah. Um, and then the last game of the weekend, um, Colts handle pretty easily the Houston Texans. The Texans just really didn't show up to this game at nope. all. Nope. Um, you know, Andrew Luck, once again, has had to walk out of the stadium with a back brace because he's carrying this Colts team. Um, <laughs> so what takeaways yeah. you guys have from this one? <clears throat> I think the Colts uh, running game um, that was kind of missing in a few weeks prior, Marlon Mack um, was able to get in the end zone. Um, Eric Ebron continues to be a, a viable weapon for Andrew Luck. Um, but I think overall the Texans just they're I, I think they're a little too predictable. They they run the ball almost every first down. Um and their running game was non-existing. Um and Deshaun Watson did not have a whole lot of time to find some of his receivers. Uh he found Hopkins a few times, but they really missed, you know, Demarius Thomas, Will Fuller, those type of guys who can stretch yeah. the field a little bit more. Um, you know, with those guys, this could be a completely different game. Uh, but because he's down to, you know, Hopkins, Kiki QT, um, and a couple other guys, you know, um, it's, it's tough. So, you know, overall the Texans did not, did not show up regardless. Um, but, 
Um, I'm really excited to see them uh, get healthy if, as soon as they can and uh, have another shot because I still think they have they have a very good squad. So it's tough, man. I feel like we're always waiting on the Texans to get healthy. Yeah, uh, for one reason or another. Um, yeah, and and when I made this pick for the Colts to win, um, it was definitely a combination of. Uh, Demarius Thomas haven't gone out. You know, they already lost Will Fuller. I knew that was going to box them in, and you wouldn't, You saw it. Um, if it was not, because <clears throat> uh, you knew they were going to bog down on, on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, it's a very simple game plan, really, from there. But uh, you saw Kiki get off. Uh, second leading receiver, you know, is Lamar Miller. So yeah. that, that just lets you know he, he's dumping the ball a lot. Uh, you know, um, Deshaun didn't have a whole, whole lot to work with there. Uh, but I also thought, you know, the defense is good. Um, but if there is a weak point in the defense, and I don't necessarily want to call it weak, but it's a secondary. And I thought Andrew Luck is good enough um, to get the Colts points on the board. Um, and then Marlon Mack, that was just an added bonus. Because yeah. that, that backfield has just been so inconsistent all year. You don't really know what you're going to get there. Uh, but if I mean, once that once the run game was effective, and then you open up play action pass, I mean, you know that mixed with the Texans injuries, it was kind of just simple math from there. So, yeah, Colts did they took care of business. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple with the, with the uh, Texans if they're not able to get pressure on the quarterback, um, which they usually are with Watt, with Clowney, with McKinney, they can mm-hmm. usually affect the pocket. But they didn't get any sacks on this game. Um, Andrew, that's Luck crazy. Yeah, with this, I mean, this defense have been playing so well, um, especially Clowney has been coming on of late, but they just were not able to get any pressure. And if you give Andrew Luck time to sit around the pocket and, and find his receivers, especially T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, he could just pick you apart. So, um, you know, this, once again, I hate to say this again about this team, but when the, if this team can get healthy and they can surround Deshaun Watson with healthy playmakers, this team can be good, but it's just they can't put it all together at the same time. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move to our games for next weekend, the division <laughs> round. Let's start in the AFC. The Indianapolis Colts will travel to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I will start off first. I am not <laughs> picking against the Kansas City Chiefs again. Uh, Chiefs win 31 to 14. Hold on. All right, Malcolm Chiefs. You said what did you say? 31 14. All right. Ian. Okay. So, I'm going with the Colts. Oh. Oh. Um, Fit Andrew Luck for the back brace. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a definite. Um, I just think that uh, I think Indiana will <clears throat> present enough enough physical play. Especially seeing how they were able to get that protection on Andrew Luck in this game. Um, I don't think that'll be an issue. I think he will have time. I'm expecting a big game from T.Y. Hilton because what you're looking at with this KC defense is a lot more opportunity. Um, and if this be a confidence builder, that's why I'm, I'm, it took me a second. And I, I honestly, it's with much hesitation that I make this pick because <laughs> <laughs> it's almost solely based on Marlon Mack recognizing that he can run the ball. And do it a, a second week in a row, um, and if he if he can get eighty five or more yards, I think that they will they will be able to put enough points on the board. That the 
now then it comes to defense and I know it comes down to stopping Mahomes and I honestly don't know what it is that's telling me that but I've been saying for weeks that as time goes on they seem to miss Kareem Hunt more and more um if the Chiefs cannot generate enough big plays and I mean quick strike plays where they're getting high chunks of yardage I think that will come back to uh to 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 really um aid the Colts and so I got the Colts winning this ball game 28-24. So Ian, would you say that the Kansas City Chiefs are taking a hit without Kareem Hunt? Oh, wow, Malcolm. I'd hate to kick them while they're down, but I do Malcolm. believe that they are uh Okay. Wow, Malcolm. Um shouts out to Cleveland women. Oh wow! No, because they because the girl didn't deserve that. So I'm saying, like, that's a supportive shout out. Let's move on. Let's right. Let's Bernie Mac. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's, right, let's um, move on. I'm going with the Chiefs um, because I don't believe the Colts will. Um, if it's a high score game, I don't think they'll have enough. I think the Chiefs will get enough stops from their defense. And I think they will have a few of those big plays, Ian, that you were mentioning. I think Tyreek Hill is always one play away. Um, Absolutely. Travis Travis Kelsey is a nightmare in the red zone, and so is Patrick Mahomes. And I think Damian Williams gives them just enough, um, especially with his pass-catching ability um, Okay. for them to get the job done. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, I'm gonna, it'll be close. I think it'll be 28-20, um, and they'll head into their um, next round. All right, let's go to the other AFC game. This still sounds weird. The Los Angeles Chargers will travel to Gillette Stadium and take on the New England Patriots. Who you got? Well, it sounds weird, but we might as well get well to, get ready to keep on saying it because they are beating the Patriots. Um, yeah, I think we will see the 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 nail in the coffin. I I I fully anticipate Tom Brady to retire. Oh, after after this game. I don't know why I have no sources. I have no insights. Everybody, this is Ian Morgan's gut at work. No Schefter no. insights, huh? All right. Listen, no Schefter, no Mort, nobody. No Sham. Well, that's bad. Well, he's more bad. Anyway, um, so I'm, I, I really, no, I, I, I think the Chargers overpower the Patriots. Now, um, Tom Brady definitely, I believe he shows up. Uh, I, I think you'll see, you know, them step it up a little bit, but I, I think the Chargers just have too much of a solid team for the Patriots to to overcome with any type of Brady magic. Um, and I think they've lost enough of their fundamental greatness uh, that, mm. that, that overcompensates maybe for lack of talent over time. Um, I think they've lost just enough. And frankly, they're too old. So I got the Chargers. Mm. They will win this game 30 to 21. Oh, I think I'm going to agree. I think I'm going to go Chargers. Um, I think think that they are complete. Um, If this was just basing it on quarterbacks, I would go with New England um, because I trust Brady more in the playoffs. Um, But I think, again, with the Chargers, uh, with Melvin Gordon, um, I think they have the advantage at the running back position. Um, I think Hunter Henry is going to be playing this week, which adds another weapon for uh, Phillip Rivers. Um, and that defense is looking very good. I think they're going to give Brady some problems. Um, 
And I think it'll come down to a turnover, maybe a fumble by Michelle or something of that nature that'll cost the Patriots. So I'm going to go Chargers uh, 24 and Pats uh, 20, 24-20. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game similar to the game that New England had against the Chiefs. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, But I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. The Chiefs. I'm going to give it to the Chargers as well. Um, and I'm actually going to think – I think it's going to be the defense that, that makes the big plays. Uh, yep. Darren James um, has been a big part of their success this year. And Melvin Ingram had two sacks in the Ravens game. Yes, and I he think did. he's going to come up big um, in this game, maybe even cause a key turnover in this one to give them the win. But um, I'm going to go Chargers this one. I'm going to go – it's going to be a shootout. I'm going to say it's going to be 41-44. to 44. Wow. Okay. Also, shout out to uh, Philip Rivers. He's about to have his ninth child. So, you know. Pull out game week. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, I ain't pulling out nothing. <laughs> but a playoff Condom win two. in New England. <laughs> Condom oh, two. Oh, um, hashtag fruitful. Shout out, shout, out to, shout out to Antonio Cromartie. All right, let's go to the NFC. Oh, my God. Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> We'll be traveling to L.A. to take on the other Los Angeles team, the Rams. Um, all right, guys, do you think Dallas can pull off the upset on the road? Oh, Keith, you want me to? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, they, they they cannot. They will not. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say here. Uh, the Cowboys are who we think they are. They're great when Zeke is great. And when he's not, they are uh, they're the Cowboys. Much improved defense. Amari Cooper, he showed up last week. Will he show up this week? You don't know. The fact that you have to ask the question is more than enough. The Rams, even though they've suffered some injuries throughout the year, they still have more than enough. And if Todd Gurley is still living and breathing, that gives them edge enough. I am going with the Rams 42-24. Wait, is that 4224 or 4224? 40 Malcolm? Um, man, I am going back and forth. Um, I want to find a reason to pick the Cowboys. Um, I just think they might be too one-dimensional for this game. Um, Dak, I think, is going to have to be special for them to win it, and I do not trust him to be special. Um <laughs> I think Jared Goff is going to have a big game in this one. Todd Gurley is coming back off the injury. He's going to be healthy. Um, I think the Rams win this pretty easily. I'm going to say Rams 30, um, Cowboys 17. Guys. Uh-oh. I'm going to choose the Rams. Um, (laughs) So here's the reason why I was very, I was very strongly considering the Cowboys because I do think this is going to be a game very similar to what we've seen when the Cowboys played the Saints. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to play very good defense. I think, I don't think the Rams are going to score as much as we think. Um, So we'll see. Um, And I think, Ever since the Rams lost Cooper Cup, um, their offense mm, has yeah. not been as potent. Um, yeah. You know, our, you know, you have guys like Josh Reynolds and a few other guys who have stepped up. However, I think they are missing him, and I think that Brandon Cooks hasn't been as much of a playmaker as as you know some of us would think. 
Um, so uh, I'm going to go Rams 24, Cowboys 17. I think it'll be close. I do want to say, sorry, real quick, that the uh, that game, um, the Rams, when they played the Bears and golf had those like four picks or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the next week they lost to the Eagles. <clears throat> yep. And, you know, golf played well, but he was still uncomfortable enough. Um, that those have to be blueprints, you know, so if they can, if they can get Jared Goff uncomfortable back there, I don't think Todd Gurley is enough to overcome that. I just don't trust Dallas to be able to generate enough, you know, pass rush to be able to do that. Yeah. We'll see, man. We will see. Yeah, man. All right, last game. It's another rematch. Philly will be going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. I'm going to go ahead and start off on this one. I I want to find a reason to pick the Eagles, but I cannot find a one. I think the the Saints are going to win this one. Um, I, the Eagles just don't have an – they need more balance on offense. Um, I think they need to play a near-perfect game to beat them, and without an effective running game, which they have not had most of the year, um, I don't think they can beat the Saints. Drew Brees with a week off. Um, they played this team already this year. Um, I, I think I think this one could get ugly um, pretty early. So I'm going to go New Orleans, 35, Eagles, 10. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I too, like Malcolm, have searched all over and <laughs> can find no reason why uh, why we should pick the uh, the Eagles to win this game. Um, yeah, their identity literally at this point is we are we have no definition, but Nick Foles makes us good enough to win sometimes. Mm. And I don't think I don't think that's gonna win this ball game. Um they will not be able to stop that rushing attack of Ingram and Kamara. And then even if you did, there's Drew Brees. And uh yeah, so with all that said, I have the uh, the Saints not quite hanging it up on them, but uh, thirty six to fourteen is the score. Guys, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pick the Eagles. Um, reason being is I think this is this is that type of team that just gets hot at this moment every year. Well, at least last year, at least. And I think it may happen again. I think it really may happen again. Um, I picked against them last uh, last week thinking the Bears defense would give them no, enough troubles, and they did it. And the Bears defense, in my opinion, is better than the Saints defense. Yeah. Um, and so I think the Eagles will be able to score enough points, um, and I think it will come down to something late. And, yeah, I mean, as much as I trust in Drew Brees – and all I've, I've seen, we've seen a couple weeks where the Saints' offense did not click, and I think the Eagles are gelling at the right time. So I'm gonna go Eagles, uh, thirty, uh, and Saints twenty-four. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll get to see how these picks develop next week and see who has bragging rights after the division round, the playoffs. A couple more NFL pieces Malcolm, of news. by the way, are you yes. watching any of these games? Absolutely not. Okay. Just, just uh, curious. The Ka- Kaepernick get signed while I was paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> um, couple big coaching moves. The uh, Arizona Cardinals have agreed with Cliff Cl- Kingsbury, former Texas Tech head coach, to be their new head coach. And Bruce Arians will be going to Tampa Bay as the head coach. 
which one of these coaching posi- coaching positions should these franchises be most excited about? Let me rephrase that question because that made no sense. Which fan base should be most excited about their head coaching hire? Yeah, it's definitely Arians to the Bucks. Um, just because I yeah okay yeah it's definitely Arians to the Bucks. Um, he's one <laughs> of the <laughs> most most highly sought after uh, coaches on the market. Um, with the amount of talent that I mean, you saw the Bucks do some special things. Let's take you back to once upon a time, the beginning of the Fitz year, Magic. when Fitz Magic was the story of the league. <laughs> Um, they do still have weapons. They do still, I think, have a window to do some things, even though I thought they were going to win when they were on hard, hard Knocks. What was it, two years ago? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, this is this is kind of the last-ditch effort to see if Jameis Winston will shape up to be something. I trust uh, Bruce Arians' offensive mind to be able to get uh, some great things out of him if Jameis is going to take a step and uh, and be elite. So, yeah. I honestly don't care at this point because all I care about is who the Bengals are going to get. That's all that matters right now. So, you know, yeah, I would probably agree uh, with Arians. Um, I think he has a good track record. Um, and, you know, the Bucks. I agree, do have some talent. Um, I, I really like their wide receiving core. Um, I like I like Cameron Bray. I like, uh, you know, O.J. Howard when he's healthy. Um <clears throat> So, yeah, but the bigger story and the biggest news is who the Bengals are going to get. Because let me tell you this much, guys. If we sign Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson. I will be the <laughs> maddest Bengal fan. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, we've already called it Hugh Jackson hard knocks this season. I'm excited about it. Um, back to back, baby. Back no, to back. Up. Y'all shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I'll shut up for real. That they should just sign a two-year contract for Hard Knocks. Just let's, come back again next let's year. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, bring back Marvin Lewis as defensive coordinator. With Hugh actually calling the defensive plays, he's not even going to call offensive plays. Um, I love all of it. Um, I actually am going to say Bruce Arians too, but I'm going to say because he's bringing Todd Bowles as his defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles. And, and say what you want about him as a head coach, but he yep. is a heck of a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Um, and True if you can get that defense playing well and Bruce Arians can uh, develop Jameis Winston or whoever they decide to bring in this offseason, um, they've got some talent. Mike Evans is a beast when he's healthy. O.J. Howard is a monster at the tight end position. Um, they've got some other weapons, so I'm interested to see how that comes together. I, I just don't understand this move at all for Arizona. You, you, you hire a fired head coach who's known for an air raid system that does not translate in the pros. So I'm not really sure what they see here, but you know, whatever. It's it's it's, it's Mahomes. I honestly think they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Is the problem. <laughs> true, true. But I, I think they're riding a wave of of success that Mahomes is having in the league, and they feel like that can translate to Rosen. And I, I don't see it either. Honestly, people are just looking for the next Sean McVay or something like that, a next young coach. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, who could try to shake things up and all that. So yeah, that's what I'm hoping got... the Browns do not do. Yeah. Who do you? Who do you? Who do, Ian? Who do you want for the Browns? Honestly, for a good portion, I wanted McCarthy. Um, I no longer do. Uh, and I, I really, I, it's weird that I don't have a front runner at the moment, but I don't. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that wants them to keep Greg Williams on. Um, if for no other reason, I feel like it will it will hold some of the continuity that I was hoping that they would be able to have at the end of this year. So that's where I am on it right now, because I don't I don't, I don't see a I don't see a candidate that is so strong that I'm like oh they're gonna be a great fit for Baker, and they're gonna be able to take what the team did and build on it. Maybe it's just me. Keith, who do you want? Who do you want in Cincinnati? Uh, I'd like the enemy um, from oh. the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Um, I think he. I think what we need in Cincinnati is an offensive-minded coach right now um, because our offense is it just doesn't have an identity. Andy Dalton is a average quarterback. Um, we picked up this speedster in John Ross and don't know how to use him, but he also can't stay, you know, off the injury list. Uh, Tyler Eifert can't stay off the injury list. Um, yeah, so we need we need an offensive identity. I think I think him um, or the Rams quarterback coaches is another guy who we've been talking about. Regardless, those two or another offensive-minded coach would be my my hope. Not Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson is coming back. Um, yeah, I honestly do think they're going to hire Hugh Jackson. I don't. Yeah, I just think that's going to happen. Um, I would love to see Cincinnati actually have. I would love to see Adam Gase be their OC. Um, I like <coughs> yep. him as a play caller. Yeah, yeah, um, I do too. I think him working with Andy Dalton in those in those weapons, I think, could unlock some things. Um, I actually would have liked to see uh, Todd Bowles or even uh, Vance Joseph from um, from uh, Denver take over as de- defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, um, we can get we can get Vance right. Yeah, he's out. He's, he's DC, available. He, right. He he interviewed for the head coaching job though. So yeah, no, I don't want him as our head coach. No, I don't. Um, and then I would for the Browns. I would love to see Kitchens at least stay on as OC. I think he had got some momentum and some chemistry with Baker going, um, and I think he's got some support in that locker room. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what direction they go because I was a big McCarthy fan as well, and I've honestly forgotten all about him um, <laughs> this, this off season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what direction they go. So one last coaching headline: We're actually going to switch to the NBA. Coach Tom. Thibs, Tibbs, Thibodeau was finally fired, mercifully fired from his uh, president and coaching position, ironically, after beating the Lakers. Um, so none of us are surprised that he's fired. The timing is is very strange. Um, but how would you sum up the Thibs era in Minnesota? Oh, Timber Bulls. Oh, Timber Bulls. Timber Bulls. <laughs> Um, as Bobby Portis <laughs> so eloquently oh, tweeted gee. out, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, Timber Bulls, crying emoji. Um, yeah, I, Tibbs was was uh, he was never a good fit for what for what talent they were trying to assemble there. Um, but by happens by some some weird I don't know happening, they made the playoffs and you know they thought that they were built on things, but. Uh, not so, not so. Um, I don't know if you have a different coach in there, if it makes a difference with some of the controversies, some of the things that have gone on. Um, I don't think that every move that was made was bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a steal bringing in Derrick Rose. Anybody who was paying attention could see that he still had game. The question is, can you put them in the system and, and put those pieces together uh, to make a, a, a team to contend in the West? And the answer is just no. 
it's just simply no. And with Tibbs coaching on top of it, it's absolutely no. Um, and then Jimmy Butler and, you know, things just light on fire. And so um, how will we how will we remember this time? Uh, maybe as the time when people <laughs> should have stopped considering Tibbs to coach teams, but somebody else is going to hire him. I believe it. I'm, I'm calling it now. I think he's much better as, you know, defensive coach, but – uh, I don't think, you know, I think he won't settle for less and somebody's going to, they're going to bite the bait. So it's weird, but it's over for now. Man, I don't have much to say, honestly. Like, um, the sad part is, is that I do think Tibbs is a good coach. I, I definitely think defensively he's a good coach. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you, Ian. Some of the moves he made were not bad. They were not terrible. But at the end of the day, um, where Tibbs goes, it seems like, uh, especially with his start with the Bulls, just seems like players are going to go down or, or players aren't. You know, it's just it's just all bad, honestly. I don't know where he would go um, if he could revive any program. Um, I like him as a as a assistant, but as a head coach, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so it's unfortunate because he had some talent and uh, Jimmy Butler and, and, and Carlton Towns and Wiggins and, you know, those guys can play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he's just not a great leader of an organization. So that's all I really got. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I think the game might have – might have passed Thibodeau, Thibodeau by. Um, he's playing an antiquated defensive system. Um, just plays these guys so many minutes that it's hard for them to be effective late in games and late in the season. So um, I'm not sure what his next opportunity would be because um, he just really hasn't changed with the times. Um, you know, all his moves are not bad, but a lot of them make you scratch your head. Yep. Um, going and signing a Luol Deng who has not, whose butt has not left the bench in Minnesota. <laughs> Um, you know I, the Derrick Rose signing to me was a head scratch when it happened but it's worked out well for Derrick Rose not so much for Thibodeau <laughs> right. but Derrick Rose is uh, somehow a borderline all-star um, you know the Jimmy Butler thing ended obviously very interestingly um, with Tibbs just kind of ignoring it all and hoping it would go away so um, obviously, no team should hire him as their president. Let's no. just get that out of the way. No. This was a this was a Chip Kelly level disaster of a uh, <laughs> letting him handle all basketball operations. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we may be looking at the new Fred Hoiberg era um, at some level. There, either as GM or as coach, or Chauncey Billups' name has also been brought yep, up. Sure has. Um, there as well. Um, you know, can we can we get a Kevin Garnett sighting somewhere? <laughs> Um, that'd be fun. Um, so yeah, shout out to Tibbs. Um, shout out to Derrick Rose's knees. Um, <laughs> bye bye to the Timber Bulls and uh, Jimmy Butler wins. Uh, so we are nearing the end of our show, but you guys know how we like to end it. It's with our parting words. I'm going to set one rule, Keith. Your parting words can't be about Marvin Lewis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Ian, give us your parting words for tonight. I just want to say goodbye to the NBA perspective hopes of Anthony Bennett. 
may you find your way to a local coffin, bury yourself, uh, and and never be heard from again. Mr. Bennett, you were number one overall pick in the draft. You had opportunities. Uh, Nobody, to your credit, nobody understood why you were the number one pick, but you were still there. You had a chance. I understand you had a great game in some, I think, like G League game where you hit like eight of nine threes and everything like that. The thing is, we don't believe you. You need more people. We absolutely do not want to see you back in the NBA. That's not a hate thing. I wish you all of the greatest success in Slovenia or somewhere else. I just don't want to see you in the NBA game. I'm always going to be reminded of the lost number one overall pick that was Anthony Bennett. So, please, bye-bye. Fare ye well. Did some, what, why is Anthony? Why are we talking about Anthony Bennett? What, did something happen? Did I miss something? He's trying, to, he's trying to have an NBA comeback. Well, you can all dream, I guess. <laughs> um, we're going to go to our uh, Cincinnati reporter, Keith Turner, with his parting words. No, actually, guys, I really want to shout out Dabo Sweeney. Um, Dabo! Dabo is the type of coach that, I mean, any program would want. Um, I had a dude literally comment on one of my statuses and was like, yeah, I hope you like Dabo because he's coming to Alabama when Saban retires. And I was like, God, please no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't see it. Excuse me. Um, But no, I mean, what a classy guy. A guy of character. Um, a great leader um, and a great example of, you know, he was under a little bit of, you know, um, scrutiny when, you know, Kelly Bryant um, left. Um, but, you know, he said yesterday in his interview and he didn't run from it. He was like, you know, he had to make the best decision for his team. And clearly it worked out. Trevor Lawrence was well worth um, the decision that he made. So, um, I am happy for you, ecstatic that you dominated Alabama the way you did, um, and excited to see what, I mean, I wish I could have, we could have you as a coach here in Cincinnati. Um, but, uh, but yeah, shout outs to him. Guys, I'm going back and forth on what my, um, party work should be, but I'm going to leave the sports world. Um, and I'm going to go, my party work is going to go out to B2K. Um, I'm really excited about this tour. Um, I see this tour not ending, actually. I don't see it actually finishing with everybody (laughs) together. I feel like this will eventually just be an Amarion tour at at some point along the road. Um, Shout out to... Shout out to Chingy, who's going to be performing um, right there in one call. First of all, if I, I I will say this, if Chingy brings out Jason Weaver and sings <laughs> one call away, and Jason Weaver sings it live, I will be at one of those shows. <laughs> I will show up <laughs> to one of those shows because I want to see Chingy and, and Jason Weaver do one call away live somewhere, and then I will leave. I'll be done after that. Um, I might stay for Icebox. We'll see. Um, so shout out to those guys. Um, I also want to have a documentary idea, guys, for 30 for 30. Um, I want to see if you guys are with me on this. I want to call it Surviving Thibodeau. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. What do you think? Uh, Let's go for it. Um, Let's let's not. Let's not. (laughs) Uh, I 
want I want Joe Keem. I want everybody. I want, oh gosh, yeah, Joe Keem's Joe Keem and Derek are gonna be my my stars. Um and then OG OG Bobby is gonna be um a guest star on there just for some comedic relief. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um, Lou, obviously Luol Dang will be on there too. Malcolm is out of control. I am out of control. So, <laughs> that is exactly how we're going to end our show tonight. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the 301 Podcast from Cleveland, Ohio. It's International Ian Lamont Morgan. B2K. Then they had that song and Nick Cannon. So. Oh, gosh. If Nick Cannon shows up at one of these live shows, I want to be there. He'll <laughs> be there. <laughs> and from... The Nasty Daddy. Give it up for Keith Turk Jr. We don't want you. We don't want you. We don't want you. Good night, everybody. And here in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. You've been listening to the 3-in-1 Podcast. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>